Greetings and welcome to the Quest for Wisdom podcast, where we search for nuggets of wisdom from the lives of some truly amazing people. Today's guest is Harris Bellman. Harris is a magician specialising in comedy magic and performs in and hosts shows around Barcelona and beyond. Harris is also featured in a movie with Snoop Dogg. Today, we discuss magic, comedy, parenthood, and Harris's journey through religion and spirituality. It's a very special episode because we also have a live magic trick performed by Harris. Harris is a big name in the performance scene in Barcelona and his youthful enthusiasm is always a pleasure to be around. I hope you enjoy our conversation and for more information, please check Funny Bald Guy on social media. Thank you. Welcome, 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 Harris Fellman to the 14th episode of the Quest for Wisdom podcast. How does that make you feel? I thought you said you were working on number 100. I thought no, you... I was talking about YouTube subscribers. Oh. <laughs> I said I'm almost on the big... What? I'm almost on the big 100 number. I am disappointed that I was not number 13, the unlucky number. No, actually, number 13, we had some unluck. It's the first episode where we missed a, a chunk of the middle of it, got cut out. Um, and I think that Remco, the guy doing it, jinxed it. He's like, oh, 13 is my unlucky number. Um, and it was unlucky, so we jinxed ourselves. Well, that had to be it, because my, so, my daughter was born on the 13th, so it's her lucky number, and, and we've made it a lucky number in our family. So <laughs> so you chose wrong. You should have gotten me on earlier. Oh, damn it. Um, well, I'm really happy to he- have you here. You are a comedy magician. You are a father. You're a business owner. You are, you were in a movie with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Um, and you were part of a Rayman commercial thing back in a long time ago. Um, and for those of you looking on video right now, Harris is not actually a giant. We have just had to make it a little bit bigger so you can see the table because Harris may be doing some magic tricks for us later uh, if you're lucky. And Connor wanted to make sure I don't wank at all so he's getting a good look at my leg. Oh, shit, there's my leg. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I, I was trying to get some of Harris's legs in as well. Um, so, I've, out of those accolades that I've mentioned, which of those do you rank highest in your life? Well, I have to say father, right? I mean, legally. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I mean, That's cheating. Uh, um, also, you, uh, we were going to say um, uh, that it was on Spain's Got Talent. Oh, and Spain's Got Talent. Yeah, we spoke about more, that Which is a more recent, uh, in- interesting accolade, I think. Um, n- nothing, I, I, th- I mean, fatherhood, having children <laughs> is like, uh, I, I am, I love that. I think it's, I think that, uh, you know, I have like a, a lot of, uh, you know, single friends or or married friends that don't have children yet that have asked me like, should I have kids or not? And I'm like, absolutely not. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's I, I like you won't experience um, a love of the level unless you have of that level unless you have kids. Like, um, which that's I think that's the biggest thing to get out of it. Um, and um, it's cool getting to know somebody their entire lives and. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think I've put any real uh, thought and energy into fatherhood, though. Um, I think um, probably the uh, meaning, like, if uh, my, I think my approach is kind of a hands-off approach, um, 
you know, and an, on, on, an honest approach, like as they've gotten old enough to know what drugs are, I don't pretend like I've never done them. Um, and my, um, my uh, ex-wife, I, I don't think she always appreciated that. I don't think that would have been her, you know, um, her approach. I think, you know, her, she comes from a more like uh, protected background. I mean, my father, my father was a drug dealer, honestly. So like I, um, I got drugs for free. No, um, <laughs> cocaine, cocaine and cornflakes. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, he, uh, it was mostly, I think mostly marijuana when, uh, it, it, for the most part, but I think he got in the most trouble for quaaludes. Have you ever heard of that? I have. Yeah. From Wolf of Wall Street. I was always very curious to, to try them, but then I never got my hands on it. No. Yeah. Me too. Uh, Janet Reno, uh, was like, I don't know, some, some, something in the U.S. government that, like, somehow literally managed to get rid of their existence. Like, yeah, okay. Um, so, um, yeah, so, uh, anyway, my, uh, do I want that on, yeah, my dad's dead, so I can say that my dad was a, uh, but he wasn't a drug dealer his whole life. He was mostly a painting contractor, and then, um, but, but, but on the outskirts of it, before that and after that, uh, he was, uh, like, yeah. So anyway, why did we say that? Oh, because I always had an exposure to uh, uh, the existence of drugs, and I never, uh, I, I didn't really get too deeply into them. But I've tried almost everything, um, minus needle needle things. And I don't pretend with my kids that I've never touched them, and you know what have you. So yeah, uh, that's the fatherhood aspect. That's my that's, that's so so my uh, advice for fatherhood is. Uh, Tell your kids all the bad stuff you did, and they'll probably stay away from it. <laughs> it's kind of what's how it's worked out so far. I mean, that was a similar approach I took to dating always, was on the first date, within the first few minutes, tell them everything bad I've ever done, so that then there would be no surprises, and they were free to leave straight away, and I would weed out the people who were just going to end up wasting some time, then being disappointed with the end result. You see? And... How'd that work out for you? Worked pretty well, I think. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people were scared off. You didn't have a lot of sex. <laughs> no, a lot of people were scared off, but um, did meet some great people, and I'm in a very loving, happy relationship now, so... Well, what are the bad things? I guess this isn't my... Uh, it's not mine to interview. <laughs> um, but, like, I mean, you, you, I mean, I know you have a, a little bit of a addiction history or something like that, but is that what you mean? Like, you, you, would, you would talk about some of that? Yeah, just drink and drugs and... Lots of stupid things. I nearly died three times. From um, that? One time from that. Two times from... One time almost falling off a um, three-story building. Ah, you might not have died. Um, but yeah, I might not have died. <laughs> <laughs> it was really high. <laughs> yeah, three stories. Three, yeah, yeah. And the other time I was um, cycling in the dark in the pissing rain with no lights or helmet on. Cycled across like a motorway roundabout and a taxi drove into me at like 30 miles an hour. I literally just watched it drive into me. Um, knocked me off my bike, obviously, and all these cars like screeched around by my head. And um, one of the cars was about, I don't know if you, like one foot away from my head, like screeched to a halt. Um, so I count that as a near-death experience. Were you considering if you should talk to me in centimeters or feet? From yeah, it? I was, yeah. Okay, I'm American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what Americans use. They yeah. use like feet, but not stones, isn't it? That's right. Um, yeah. And they do everything in pounds. Um, we weigh ourselves and other things in pounds, yeah. 
and you weigh yourself in stones, sort of, <laughs> and are loosely familiar with ki ki kilograms. You use kil you use you use liters. We we don't we use, yeah, gallons. use gallons and fluid ounces and fluid ounces. Fluid ounces always blew my mind. Um, oh, I mean, like let's make the math really hard <laughs> and impossible to remember. Like with cups, ounces, and gallons and pints. But you know pints. You, you guys we know, know pints. pints very well. Yeah, so the old, old people use pints and all those other imperial measures. And then young people, I think, because of the gym culture, people use um, kilos now quite a lot. I bet in America, too. I bet, and, I bet people are very familiar with, and, with um, kilos. Now. Although, when you say pounds, the number is higher. So I think that's why Americans like it, because it's like, oh, I lift 225 pounds. And it's like, the people get excited about Was that. Was that your American uh, impersonation? It's American bro impersonation. Like, dude, I lifted, two, two, I lifted 225 today. And everyone's like, oh, bro, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've been losing weight. And um, I used to lose weight in pounds. And now I lose it in kilos. Ooh. And I, I actually, though, um, I think I like it in kilos better because it's more, it feels like more of an accomplishment. It's interesting. Like I've, you know, I've I've lost 16 kilos, which is 35 pounds. 35 pounds sounds like more, but maybe just because I'm so used to, I've lost that many pounds before, so it doesn't sound. I don't know. It feels like it's. I don't know. It's maybe it's tougher to get to 16 than it is to get to 16 of pounds. And I don't know. It's interesting. I I kind of I like losing weight in kilos more than. Pounds. There's your wisdom, everybody. That's the name of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We've got deeper wisdom to talk about, believe <laughs> yeah, we me. we do have yeah. deeper wisdom. Um, so I'm really proud of, um, of all of it. Um, I'm, I'm proud of um, the kids are great. I, we somehow ended up with really great kids. Again, the hands-off, uh, be open about everything approach. Um, like, you know, when my daughter first uh, was in high school, I talked to her about drinking. I didn't pretend like she might not drink. I said, but you're, you know, you're small. She's only like four foot 11 or I think it's 148 centimeters yeah. or something like that. Um, uh, she's that 100, she's like 120, she's like 100 centimeters tall. Like she's like, no, just, <laughs> I, I have no, I don't, I actually don't know what she, I know I'm 163, which is five foot. No, four. you're 148 or 147.5 I think is. She is like four about four, 11. four 11. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, I think she's just like right under 150. And so I'm like, you really need to watch what you drink. So just have one drink and wait. Like if you're going to drink, just have one. Don't like, have three and find out what three do do to you, you know? So, um, I don't know. I think that approach works. but I mean, she's way more driven f for academics than I, than a, I ever was. And we certainly didn't make her that way. Like even from like third grade on, she was like, uh, you know, crazy about like doing well in school and she'd come home, you know, crying once in a while if, a, a teacher, she didn't like the way, a, you know, a, a teacher interaction was or something like that. So, and she did really well in school because of it. Um, and then my son doesn't care too much about that. Nobody cares about all that. So, and then uh, the business that I created is, um, what I'm proudest of about it is that it's, uh, it's all um, remote. It's all virtual. It's all, um, I'm, I don't I think remote work, everybody's, I guess today we would say remote worker. When I first started, it was like, I'm going to go start a virtual company. And that was the words that we used for it, mm -hmm. which was like, uh, there's no physical building. Uh, everybody works from their computer wherever they are. And um, I have a, a, a nice little ecosystem of that. So all of the people, all of our vendors are, are mostly that. All the, all, so we sell, I sell online advertising. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, yeah, most of the all the vendors are that, and then all of the um, 
customers are that or trying to be that. Like it's a, it's a side. It's mostly for them. It's a side hustle that they're trying to become fully remote. And then um, and then of course I and all the employees are. Uh, there's no employees legally. They're they're all contractors. But you know. Uh, Three of them are from the Philippines, but one of them, they, you know, they live in New Zealand, the Philippines, and Cambodia, and then my programmers in the U.S., and my marketing guys in, uh, the in, one's in Florida, one's on the West Coast, the marketing guys in Florida, and the programmers in Utah. Um, so, yeah, we even allow Republicans to mm -hmm. work for us, which is, I don't know if he's really Republican or not, but he's in, he's, he, and he's not Mormon, but he's in Utah. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I get really proud of it, and then I'm also not proud of it, because what it sells is, like, it's just... It's just email advertising to people that are trying to teach people how to make money online. It's like it's it's not a pyramid scheme, but like if you really unfold it, it's like I'm just selling traffic to people that are trying to teach people how to make money online. And the way to make money online is to teach people how to make money online. <laughs> and the way those people are going to teach people how to make money online are, you know, so it's it's just it, it's kind of it becomes pretty incestuous pretty quickly. <laughs> um, and then. Um, yeah, the most interesting thing for me lately is like that business is doing really well this last month, the last couple of months, but it had like it had fallen off a cliff in November to a point where I was like um didn't know how I was going to pay for my daughter's university. Like I I ran through savings, you know, with my lifestyle and stuff like that and Yeah, because when we last spoke, you mentioned to me that not last spoke, but when we spoke last year, you were going through a rough patch cuz things had gone down and you were like I think you were trying to you were trying to create another side hustle to to like combat that or something. So, do you think it was just a dip in the market, or what do you think happened there? Um, no, a lot of things happened. Um, we uh, we lost our PayPal account. Um, the pandemic kind of ended. So, so we my business again. It's people that are look. It's people. That, sorry, we just heard some. We both just heard something in our ears. So mm. that'll that'll get cut. We'll cut that. Out. <laughs> um, so. Uh, my business does especially well when there's a recession and when people are looking for jobs because, as I said, a lot of the customers... By the way, I, I sell other types of targeted marketed markets, targeted marketed, target markets, not just like how to make money online, like also like how to improve your health, how to uh, personal development, um, stuff like other stuff. But it's 90% that. So 90% of my business is very um, uh, uh, closely related to... Uh, unemployment rate, uh, recession, and stuff like that. So when people are like, when people got scared with the pandemic and the, the or or they lost their job, they went online to look for ways to make mm -hmm. money online, and they started doing these things. Or they had more time; they were in their houses all the time. So so for the year before the the year of the pandemic, I know it was more than that audience, mm -hmm. um, but you know, for our company, I, you know, there was a, like a really strong twelve to fourteen months where we did really well. And I lost my PayPal account during that. So I didn't notice what an effect that would have on my company. Um, like it, it probably it, it probably knocked out 25 to 30 percent of extra business. I mean, maybe 40, but 40 at, at the max. But but 25 to 30, mm. you know, with other people that are like, oh, I'll just use a credit card. It's fine. But um, uh, yeah, so it's so. So, yeah, it's a, it was a lot of things. And then like right now, I honestly. <laughs> I mean, so like I said, like seven months ago, I was I had gotten down to where I was pretty depressed about the business, and I was really worried about stuff. And you're right, I was doing side, trying to do different side hustles, um, and um, 
I didn't have my heart in any of them. I don't know if I mentioned that back then. Um, they, you know, I'm, and and I, what my heart is in is in the third thing that we talked that we're, we'll talk about, which is you know comedy magic, um, and I want to be a you know I want to be a well-paid performer, mm -hmm. but I only speak English and I perform in Spain, and <laughs> there's not you know there's not a lot of direction. Uh, there's not there's not a lot of career path staying here, which we can talk about in a little bit. But um, I found it became started to become really difficult for me to have like um, my heart in one place and my time in the other, and that was that was really fucking with me, honestly. Um, and and once I um, uncoupled that and decided, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go all in and and be a performer, then um, magically the Ooh. the uh, <laughs> the other business you know, started stabilizing. Um, I, I, th I think, so depends on, you know, I think pragmatically it's because I relaxed a little bit and I, I, you know, took my hands off of the neck of the, the company and it was allowed to, you know, to naturally grow or, um, or divine intervention, divine intervention or the universe, uh, decided to reward me for pursuing my passion. And I'm, I'm or the aliens fiddled about with some of their levers up the top. Um, would that still count as divine intervention? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, I mean, that would be, that would be within your own belief system. If you think, if you would think that means you think that aliens are what, what everybody else thinks are God, um, or collective consciousness. So I'm reading a book or I've been reading and listening to a book series called Conversations with God. Have you ever heard of it? No. So it, 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 uh, it's, um, so it's, it, I guess, it, I guess it probably would qualify as like new age spiritualism, which is something that I have more than dabbled in. I've been, by the way, the other, uh, accolades are, um, I was born Jewish. I was born again, Christian. Um, I've been atheist. I've been agnostic. I've been new age spiritual. I used to say that I was an atheist that believed in miracles, which is technically not like that's not possible. That's sort of like a magician. <laughs> yeah, it believes in miracles. Wink, wink. Um, but I think I think I'm an agnostic. I think I became an agnostic that believes in miracles. Like I think there's something. I've always thought that there's like something more than what we see, even if it's just like something happens with like mass hypnosis. Like a group of yeah. a group of people can do stuff that that you that you seemingly are unseen, I guess. Um, and there's, you know, there's, is there science or there's at least allegorical evidence of it. Um, so I've always, you know, believed along those lines. So I've, I've dove, I've dove pretty deeply into new age spiritualism before the last time I did was, um, before I moved to Costa Rica, which was about 10 years ago. And, um, yeah, I mean, and, 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 and like going, I guess going, kind of going down that road and trying to really the, the guru I was following, he, you know, his thing was, you know, uh, you know, meditate and figure out what you want. Like, just ask yourself every time that you feel off or stuck, you know, what do I want to do next? What do I want to do? So I, I started to do that. And I, that's about when I created the company that I have now, which has been, uh, you know, uh, took a few years to, to become a good income. I know it was a good income right away, but took a good, a couple of years before I had other people doing the work for me. Um, like I've, I follow 
the the Four Hour Work Week. Are you familiar with that book? Four Hour. I've not read it, but I, I'm familiar with that. You get the idea, um, which is to create an income that doesn't require forty to ninety hours a week to to keep getting the the money from. So that's what my company, my, like it, you know, it took me ten years probably to create that situation. Um, but then um, I've had this company for, for about 10 years and that was the last time I dove into kind of new age, but I feel like I get to the, I get to the, um, the edge of the, the reality river and I'm not willing to, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm jumping into it or jumping out of it. Like, um, I, when, when I, when I start dealing with like the, you know, I, I have a very pragmatic side of me, like, you know, you're, you're probably familiar with, uh, like the secret and, and law of attraction, um. I don't know, like, maybe, like... Ooh, I don't know. I've been thinking recently, um, and I don't know anything about physics, but <clears throat> I was learning a little bit about quantum entanglement. Are you familiar with quantum entanglement? Mm -hmm. So I don't know the physics of it. I know the concept of it, where two, like, an atom is split, and then they, the, the two parts of it are then basically entangled and will change together. If one of them changes, the other one will change. Um, and those can be anywhere in theory in the universe and change at the same time um, far quicker than the speed of light would allow for the information, let's say, to travel. Mm -hmm. And then it got me onto thinking, because before I was learning about quantum entanglement, I just had a thought and I was like, you know how you have uh, what we call intuition? Yeah. Um, and in the case of parents, for example, and mothers in particular, you know, you get mother's intuition where you have a feeling that your child might be in danger and there's no logical way that you could know that, but it's a feeling. And it's like the same as when someone you love or care about is in a bad mood, you can be in a bad mood, even if you're not with them or not contacting them. And it got me to thinking, can there be some form of let's call it quantum entanglement, but some form of bond or connection, chemical or you know physical connection that happens uh, at birth or in utero, that then creates this bond where we are actually affecting each other um, through some sort of means that we do not yet understand. Um, and in, in the case of mass hypnosis, what is it exactly that is is happening here like there is there, there has to be some sort of undercurrent that's going on there has to be some sort of there has to be something or it's just that our brains are processing such subtle changes in everything you know like i see you and i see a tiny bit of your pupil dilation and that then leads me to thinking that there's some sort of fear and that changes me then and you know we're all just really perceptive like that but i think that in the past before technology, I'm talking, you know, thousands of years ago, I reckon that we did have some pretty cool powers um, of perception. You know, like even pre-Greek, a, a lot of cultures had no writing. They just kept everything in their head, you know. And of course, they didn't have to remember loads of random information necessarily, like people's phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> or addresses, but they, they, well, you know. they had to know where Og lived. I yeah, mean, they yeah, still exactly. had to know which cave their friend lived yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and like what time dinner was at and everything. Um, what time related to the sundown? Like, I don't think they had, to, like, they, we didn't do time 
that's like right. the last 150, 200 years, I think. Oh, is that? No, I'm sorry. Uh, no, because that sundials, that like Roman sundials. Yeah, but but um, but sinking, but the whole but the whole world sinking on on an actual on on one specific uh. time. So like you you might go from. Uh, one city to another, and it might take you an hour to get to the city, but the time might be off by an hour and six minutes or something like that. Like that, that city's time might be different than, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's it, like theirs might be, yeah, anyway. So, and Spain, and Spain being an hour behind where it should be. Well, yeah, that's thanks, um, to, thanks to Franco. Frank, Franco. Franco and Hitler's special relationship. But then also, like, China's got random time zones within it that right. don't really make a lot of sense. And I think it's so cool that when you get to the international timeline or whatever you call it yeah. where you can like cross over that's pretty cool to a different date to a different date yeah. which is really cool um but yeah that got me th- it, it just got me thinking about there has to be I've, I've always been like searching for more i was like there has to be more and then there's one side in this like you know the the pragmatist says well are you not happy with everything that there already is like what there is is pretty amazing but then the other part of me is like it's not like I need there to be more, but it's just there has to be. There has to be because there's no way that we are even close to understanding what is capable and what is really going on. And I also think that we are not as smart as we we think we are in the sense of everything that we can possibly conceptualize, I think, can exist, has existed or will exist. Um, I don't think that we could make up things like multiverses and all these things if they weren't real. I just don't think. Or, or it says the act of us making them up make them real. Ooh, yeah, very exciting. That's. I, I think. I, I think. I tend to. I, I kind of tend to think along those lines, like that. That we, we like science fiction becomes science fact because we, <laughs> we made it up and then we make it real. You know. I mean, that's what everything is. I think is everything in your life, is things that you decided to be in your life, whether you realized it or not. Um, you know, you either made a conscious choice to do this podcast. Uh, and then you started doing a podcast, and now here you are on glorious number fourteen. Um, but I think that, like, I think that what what you're saying about the law of attraction and the secret—I've not read the secret, but I've read plenty of different things about law of attraction um, and some of the more new agey mysticism type of things you're talking about. I've like, if you are you familiar with? Um, I always forget his name, but the guy who wrote *Becoming Supernatural*. He's um, oh, someone I'll know. But he, he's like a modern mystic neuroscientist. So he tries to like combine mysticism and like spirituality with actual neuroscience. And there is like a real strong link between everything. And with these cases of mass hypnosis, it's like, OK, it probably can be explained by science. But still, I always think that the science falls short of the reality. I think that the science, I think that generally the science is kind of behind the reality because it's always trying to catch up. You know, even in cases of like neuroscience, they're... They're, they're not really discovering things. They're putting names to things that exist. Well, that's what discovering. That, that, that's what discovering. They're not inventing. They're not creating yeah. it. They're discovering it. True. Um, so, I mean, some of the, just to cover some of the things. So, like, Law of Attraction and The Secret, like, uh, they, it does talk a lot about the quantum physics, and it's, I would call it hypothesis, is that thoughts are at the quantum level. So thoughts are things, and therefore they can affect reality. Um, uh, and and the, the, the book uh, that I was talking about, Conversations with God, uh, it's, it's um, I mean, blasphemous to a Christian mm. or to a Jew or to a Muslim, for sure, because it, it's, um, mm, 
I don't know if it's fair to say its core hypothesis is about what I would say. One of its core hypotheses is, or, or one of its core statements is that we're all gods, that we are, that you're God, I'm God. God is everything, therefore we are as well. And so, you know, this is made up of the same stuff that is God and all that. Um, I mean, that also predicates on having a belief in in God, I, 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 didn't, I had trouble with the book at first because I don't really, I didn't really fancy myself someone who believes in God, and I, and I still do not believe in a religious um, um, definition of of God. I think I believe more in like a collective consciousness, which again comes back to, so therefore we're all this stuff, we're all one, and we're all this stuff, and then. Um, so it doesn't like we are all God. Is there a, a bigger power above that? Sure, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Like it, for me, like, it, it, or is it all in my head? And it, and the book kind of does dive into some of this. And then it's like, well, if it is all in your head, then so what? Like, if you if you want to believe in like, this is my my biggest problem is is like I've I've seen people that have like really strong religious beliefs, and I'm I'm envious because they think they know mm-hmm. what's going to happen to them when they die and like I can't trick myself into that belief system. I mean, and you, you did touch on it a little bit. I mean, um, are you afraid of dying? Um, was I afraid of dying six months ago? Um, am I afraid of dying now? Um, so let me think about that. Afraid of dying. I don't want to die. I, but I think ever or right now. Well, so my current belief is that we don't die, that our consciousness goes on. And, um, uh, but, if, but if I'm wrong... Do you wrong, think there's a waiting period, though, like a purgatory? No, I mean, no. But, I mean, so you, but, think consciousness, you think consciousness disperses as we die? Well, so, so anyway, uh, so yes to all of it, because if that's what you... I think, what, I, think what is, I think it's what you believe is what happens to you. So if you believe there's a purgatory and, and your consciousness... And, you're, uh, and, and you, Connor, believe that you deserve to go into purgatory, then, and you believe there is one, then that's what your consciousness will create for a little while. And that little while could be that fast in, in earth time, and it could feel like a thousand years to you. I, you know, we, we, we've already covered how, started to cover how time's a construct anyway, right? That we, right? We sort, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, there isn't, there isn't any actual like time or space because it's all or it's all time and space. I don't know like I don't I don't pretend to understand I can't like we're, we've we've set our I think we've set ourselves up and we being our consciousness or our soul or whatever you want to call it I think we've set ourselves up or God set us up to not be able to think outside of time so that we can have the experiences that we're having here like on earth um Whatever that might be, but but you ask, so asking those I guess asking those specific questions. What do I think happens? So um, I can't I can't imagine what it's like to be consciousness without a body. Um, but I, I think that's I think that's what it is. I think that we that we. But that but but I want to think that. Like that's what I really that's what I want to think right now. Um, but if I'm wrong, which I I used to not think that, then. I shouldn't be afraid of death either, like, because when you die, just then that's it. You went to sleep and didn't wake up. I mean, or, you know, you fell off. in hell. Or you fell off a three-story building and you didn't wake up. No, there's just no fucking way. Like, there's no no way that you, that, 
that the the universe is set up in a way unless that's what you believe i guess i guess that's that's my problem with that's my problem with my belief system is like if you're um I'm, hold on one second oh monster if you're a serial killer but you believe you're doing it out of love then in my belief system unfortunately you wouldn't burn in hell so it's a it's a very very interesting point um, that I'd never thought of before that because we know for example that before you die or as you're dying a load of DMT is released uh, and you experience a big strong trip uh, I don't know if you've tried DMT before um, but I sound like bloody Joe Rogan now um, have you? yeah many times um, and it's I, c I can imagine what that feeling of pure natural DMT high at the end would be like the kind of godlike existence, meeting creatures and all this dif different type of thing. But there's a very valid point that you're making that plenty of people experience, because heaven and hell, the idea has come from somewhere. And that, th th these meeting of divine beings and experience like a godlike state where you, you are consciousness with no body floating around and ha having crazy hallucinations that seem so real that they are real. Um, but that is the blissful heaven state. But like you say, like you're saying, for some people, they probably experience pure hell when they're dying for whatever reason. And then there's plenty of people who have died or nearly died and then come back to life and reported these things. Like I remember when I was a kid, like my mum, she was a born again, is a born again Christian. Um, and she used to take me to kind of like all these little like conferences and like um, where they would, like one of the, the guy I'm talking about here is he was like called the jellyfish man. And he'd been bitten by, I think it was a box jellyfish, one of the ones that kills you anyway. And he'd died for a certain amount of time or nearly died, whatever, and come back to life and then reported like meeting God and became a, uh, a born again Christian. But then what about the people who've experienced pure hell? They would have come back and be like, well, I was in hell. And then these is ideas. There, is, there, is there a lot of near death experiences where people say they experience a hell-like experience? That's the thing. I've never heard of one. Interesting. I've never heard of one, but then... Well, you just made that up then. I mean, because I, I, I think you're right. I, I think, I, I mean, people, we can, I'd, I'd like to look it up after uh, to find out if anybody's... And what about on, what about even on DMT? Has, have people had... Oh, people have horrible experiences doing that. Because that's a set and setting hallucinogen sort of thing, right? Set, set setting and your mental state. Um, and like, for example, I imagine that there's a lot of people that when they die are full of drugs, you know, like could be prescription, uh, you know, like in the hospital, morphine, whatever that could interact with the experience of dying. Mm -hmm. um, like I'm very, I'm very curious as to what dying is going to be like. Um, I'm not scared of it whatsoever. I'm, I'm curious. I'm kind of in a way looking forward to seeing what it's like, but I want it to be unadulterated. Mm -hmm. So hopefully I won't be in lots of pain at the end of my life. But even if I am, I'm going to have to just suffer it because I want to have an unadulterated death experience to go out. But then there's loads of reports as well of um, like people seeing consciousness leaving bodies as people die, you know, like nurses. There's reports of strange sounds going on um, and obviously could all be bullshit, but could not. There could be something there. But it's funny. I just never... You only, you only, I suppose you only often hear about the, the really, you hear about people who 
have this God experience and then they come out and then they go preach about having the God experience. But you probably wouldn't have someone who's had this hell experience and then become a Satanist and then go and preach about that. They probably exist, but they're just not well, no, on wouldn't a documentary. It be, wouldn't that be the opposite? Wouldn't it be they had the hell experience and then they went and preached against, like, you don't want to have this experience. Not like, like Depends not... what the experience was like, though. <clears throat> oh, like if hell is actually fun? Well, even that, or if it damages them so much that they're like, then they're just screwed afterwards. Yeah. So, so by the way, according to the the this the conversation with God series, there's there there is no hell. God is pure love, and um, all of the the like hell like it literally documents like when it was conceptually introduced into society. So, I, I think your um, Part of you, what what you said may not be true, which is, oh well, it had to come from somewhere. Well, no, it could have been made up. It could have been made up to to scare people into continuing to follow this religion and consolidate, continue to consolidate the power within to that to the religious leaders. Um, I mean, like, well, you're from you're from uh, are you from England or Ireland? You're from England. England. Okay, we we're just talking about that. Um, like you know, like you know the connection to like uh, religion and actual power. Like England literally separated from the Catholic Church, right? Over, uh, over disagreements because they didn't because the king didn't want to have less power than um, I'll say the Pope. I don't know if it was quite like cut and dry like that. God, I guess. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a very there's a very strong connection between control and and power and and religions um yeah but i think that like i think that the hell state heaven and hell it's like it's the juxtaposition of it it's it's like the duality of life and throughout throughout human history i think that a lot of this experience these godlike experiences and just the concept of god and divine beings and demons i think a lot of that comes from psychedelic drug use um, and there's more evidence surmounting, to pushing towards that. You know, people in, in various different countries, there have been mushrooms for ages that people have used. There have been shamans everywhere. There have been um, like peyote in places. And it's like these, these plants, I suppose, have been used for forever. Um, and they create these godlike states, godlike or hell-like. They they alert you to the presence of what feel like demons and what feel like um, gods. You know, you can, even, even sober, you can enter into states of sleep paralysis where people see demons, you know, they report seeing similar things like red-eyed demons. I, I've seen them before, kind of like these like giant black kind of ghosty type figures lurking over the bed. Um, and it's quite a common thing that people see. That comes from the brain. You know, those things come often when you're a kid as well. So it's not like you've been adulterated and told that these things happen because it's often before you, you, you can consciously understand those things. And it's the same thing as well. One, which is something I find really interesting is when taking these, when taking psychedelics in high doses, DMT in particular, all around the world, people report seeing the same things, which are these little elf-like creatures um, and those have been in mythology for ages. And it's like, myth I think that mythology, this kind of comes back to the point I was making that we don't really necessarily invent things. 
they're things that may or may not have existed before and they are part of us. Um, and then they're, they're popping up all around different cultures at different times in different parts of the world who are cultures who have supposedly never had contact. And then you see uh, Terence McKenna, who's like a, a DMT psychonaut, he was, um, calls them machine elves, but they're, they're these, just these little elf-like creatures um, and everyone sees them. Not everyone. Some of them, some of them see more angel than alien, right? Some people see some like with DMT in particular. Some people see like kind of like alieny type creatures, but it's like just... my my friend that did it that I spoke to, he felt like he traveled to an alien culture and witnessed the alien culture, and um, yeah, um, that was more of his experience. Was more like, but that's I think that's just also. Maybe everybody's just trying to redefine what they saw through their own perspective. And for him, alien made sense. For you, machine elf makes sense. For other people, uh, angels and demons uh, make sense. But I don't but know. An but an elf is like a, an elf is a, is a relatively conceptualized thing. Like an elf is something that it, it's a creature within mythology that's understood as if it were a real creature whereas alien could mean anything that's extraterrestrial you know like a, a an elf is an actual thing you know so it's slightly different but i don't know it's it i don't know i just always think about does what comes first are we creating these things or were they there first or why it, does it all just come from the brain or are these little parts you know it comes back to this like collective consciousness mm. and and mass hypnosis are, are our brains just picking up on frequencies? They, certainly they are frequencies that we don't consciously understand, you know, infrared, for example, uh, ultraviolet, you know, we don't consciously perceive that, but it's like, it's there. Yeah. I mean, and, that's, I mean, it's crazy that we figure that we, we, not you and I, but the, that humanity me, figured me, me. out, <laughs> um, you know, like that you could send data through the airwaves like that's crazy. That's fucking crazy. Like, uh, like the I was gonna say television. That's not a television. It's a monitor. But like the you know Wi-Fi is and radio and all that. Like, I, like how right? So like why why wouldn't it be possible that we have the ability to pick up on on some sort of you know wavelengths as as well? I I, I mean. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, but again, like I have a, I have, I also have a strong pragmatic side, but maybe as do we all. I mean, I think that that some of how we how we experience things are by experiencing what something's not. Like the way you experience, uh, you know, I was going to say love is 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 by uh, experiencing not being loved first, and then knowing what love is. You, you know, um, love is the first thing that I think about. But um, but you know, you were talking about. You know, you don't want to die in pain. And I would say, based on what you're saying, maybe you do so that you can experience pain being gone, like, in an instant. Like, maybe that, like, maybe that's what you're, that's, maybe that's what the experience of death is what you and your soul want. You, not, not me. I don't want, I don't want pain. But maybe just, just, the, just the mere act of you, like, Saying, "Oh, that's not what I want." But no, no. But for in order for you to get not pain, you have to have pain. <laughs> Is, does that make sense or that no? Makes sense, yeah. You know, so like, and then you'll experience like. So you're gonna so like having like massive pain as you're dying, and then, is like, it, it it's gonna it makes it even better. 
True, 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 true. It's like having an unscratchable itch for a long time, and then you can finally scratch it. You'd be like, oh, God, that was so nice. Or when you have to go to the bathroom, you just made the yeah, face. Yeah. You just you just made the pee face. You, yeah, for yeah. me, you just made the face of someone who had to go to the bathroom, like was at a concert, and was holding it for as long as you possibly could, and then you're just sitting there with at the trough with all, mm. the, other, all the other guys going, oh. <laughs> Speaking of trough, totally irrelevant, um, but it just reminded me because you said trough. My friends, um, they're gay and they love going to Sitges. And they told me that there's a bar in Sitges. Sitges is a little town by Barcelona, like a really gay town. And it says there's a bar there where there's a bathtub in the toilet and like men just lie in the bathtub and you pee on them. <laughs> Oh wow! I just, don't want to go there. That's their thing. It's so that's so funny because like I live right down the street from um, like uh, thirty meters from a men's spa, mm. and I'd love to go and go to the 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 jacuzzi, I guess basically, and and sit in a hot bath. But you tell me things like this, and I'm like, I, I don't think I want to go. I might, I might get in the wrong bath and get peed on. <laughs> yeah, I went into one. It was pretty empty. Um, there was a guy staying at my house, like, back when I was, um, I think it was around the COVID era or something anyway. But the, these, this, the, the saunas were, were, like, the only thing that were open, uh, like, legally open that you could go into. And he was gay, and we were like, oh, okay, we'll just go to this sauna. Um, and I was like really curious to see what it was going to be like. Um, but basically I just wanted to go lie in a jacuzzi. Yeah. Um, and so I went in and it was pretty empty. There was just like loads of porn going on everywhere. Well, not everywhere, but there was like certain like areas where there's just like loads of porn going on. Um, then we went into like one of the big jacuzzi things. Um, and it was quite cold. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And I think probably they're expecting people to be on drugs. So they probably have it colder than they need it to be. It wasn't cold. It was lukewarm. It, it was like lukewarm, yeah. But like to the point where I was like not comfortable in it because it was probably less than body temperature. Uh -huh. um, so I was really disappointed. <laughs> so yeah. we just kind of like strolled is it, around. Is it the one near John's house or somewhere else? It's not that far from there, but it's not definitely not 30 meters away. Okay, okay. So it's a different one. Um, yeah, because yeah. I feel like they can't have... It says men's sauna, like it can't be porn everywhere every day. Like no, well, it's, it's they're usually gay men's saunas. It doesn't say that. It says men's sauna. But I think that people know that. Like just... I'd be comfortable. That's so funny that when you said that, like I wouldn't be comfortable going by myself. So that makes me homophobic, <laughs> right? I, that makes me like literally, like the literal definition of the word. That means I'm afraid of gay people or something but no like i would i think i'd just be uncomfortable i guess just like i think a woman would be uncomfortable going to a men's sauna um you know straight men and straight woman like i think i'd be uncomfortable and but i wouldn't be uncomfortable going with a, a gay friend like you did like that actually made sense to me like when you you know like at, le at least i feel like i would i'm with somebody or something i don't know um but the thing is i, I mean I you feel like i feel like I don't feel uncomfortable around gay people because they tell you exactly what they want and what they're feeling and what they're thinking. There's no guessing. It's like if they're into you, they'll just say that. <clears throat> and then you say, no, thanks. And that's fine. With a woman, I, I most of the time I have absolutely no idea. I have no idea if they're mm. like interested or not or what their intentions are. Yeah. Whereas it's like a gay guy will just like wink at you or like literally tell you. 
um, that they're interested, and then you can just say no thanks, and then it just they don't care. Yeah. They have absolutely yeah, no. Yeah, I, I do they... consider it a compliment. The the, oh, the, I, I think the, it's a great compliment. the two or three times in my life that it's happened, but <laughs> um, I, that, that's interesting. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, I think you're right. I guess I ha- I don't have as much experience being told that a gay person or anybody is attracted to me, <laughs> uh, gay, straight, or in between. I was in a when I wasn't working. I was uh, I went to a club here. Um, Apollo, which is usually not a gay club, but on Sunday nights they had a gay night and I wanted to go out on Sunday night. So I went, that's like the place to go. And I was like peeing in a cubicle. Um, and then like his one head just like pops over the side of the cubicle. He's like, <laughs> and I was like, hello. <laughs> and then he like calls his friend to come over and then his other friend came over, like popped up on the other side of the cubicle. I was like, this is like a comedy sketch or oh, something. Oh, they're talking to each other? Yeah, yeah. So I'm in the cubicle there. They're like, like looking over at me uh-huh. in, in the cubicle and uh-huh. then they're like can we come in and I was like no sorry like, uh-huh. I'm having a pee and yeah. then and he's like oh he's like, can I kiss you and I was like no sorry but then I walked out there feeling um, like the most handsome man in the bar yeah um, so it's a great ego boost yeah yeah so I'll keep that in mind so yeah go, if, I think if you go into your men's sauna it's either going to be a brothel or a gay men's sauna. I, a, I, a gay brothel or a gay no, men's no. sauna? No, no. It'll either be a straight brothel okay. or a gay man's sauna. Oh, okay. The chances of it being just like a hetero, normal, family-friendly men's, men's sauna only. is extremely low, I would say. Okay. <laughs> so where's the brothel ones? I mean, <laughs> I might be okay with that. I might be all right with that. <gasps> I mean, there's plenty of those. It could it could well be that. I didn't know that. I, I, um, I am... Uh, I'm not going to pretend like I don't know about brothels here. I do. Um, but I, mostly I thought there was either like uh, massage places or straight just like this is this is sex. I've never heard of a sauna brothel. Yeah, no, there's there's one. Um, I've not been in it, but there's one on Gran Via in between in between about Rocafort and Plaza España. And it's like it's, it looks kind of a bit like a club on the outside, but it's like a kind of like spa sauna type thing. Mm. Um but I mean that sounds like a good combination of things to get a good hot bath and a wank or more (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, so I've adapted to uh, British culture by saying wank instead of uh, what would you say in America oh it doesn't sound as fun it's like a jerk off I Uh, guess but we we, we, wanker is just a great word wank to get a wank to wank off masturbate is too clinical what would you say uh, we'd say, uh, we might say a, a rub and tug uh, for the massage, but like, if, oh, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to the sauna and get jerked off. Yeah. Jerked off is, I think, what you would say in the U.S. I think I saw a comedian, I can't remember who it was, saying um, that they went to Thailand and now in Thailand, they're not allowed to give happy endings. Mm. Uh, and the reason, the reason they did the happy endings, like, was not for a sexual thing, genuinely. It was because they massage your whole body so you're all relaxed. And then all the men will just be stiff in the middle. Mm. And so then they, like, massage that. So then your whole body is relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they passed a law stopping that. So now apparently what they do is they give wrist jobs instead like that where they, like, rub it with their wrists mm-hmm. and their arms because it doesn't then count as whatever the law specifically prohibits is not that. Um, so that was funny but i don't know how we've we've gone from god consciousness we've gone from fatherhood uh, fatherhood to, to master to to getting a wrist jobs yeah yeah um which um go from wrist jobs now to snoop dog oh okay um yeah. 
So I just found this out before we start the podcast that you had a cameo role as um, Snoop Dogg's stunt double. Yeah, no. First of all, cameo implies that I had any fame and then I jumped into a, a small role, but I did have a small role. I, I had a bit of what cameo means. Yeah, I just cam- made that one. Yeah, cameo, cameo role usually means that you're like a famous person that like popped in for a day and, oh. and, and like on a, on a movie set oh. or a TV series. Um, I think, I think that w- that's what it means. Somebody can correct me. One of your 100 subscribers yeah. can correct me. Um, no, I, I had two lines in a, I think two lines in a movie. He, it was his first movie. It was called Da East Sidas. Da East Sidas. No, the, T-H-A. The East Sidas. The uh, East Sidas. No, the East Sidas. The East Sidas. Yeah, East Sidas, West Sidas, East Sidas. East Sidas. And uh, I was a police officer? No, what do you call it? A warden. I was a, I was a low-level, maybe it was my first or second day working at the jail that... Snoop and his friends were uh, being that were incarcerated in, and uh, one of his friends um, was in the like hospital bed and tricked me into coming like close to him, and he took my key so he could get away. Uh, something like that. That's what happened to me in the Snoop Dogg. So movie. you were fooled by the Snoop Dogg. I was. And it wasn't him. I only. I got. I only got to meet him. I didn't get to meet him on on camera. I got to meet him off camera, but it was very. It was brief. Uh, because he was he was in his uh, room uh, all the time with um, towels uh, under the uh, at the door, so you couldn't <laughs> smell all the weed that was being smoked in the room. But he was outside sitting, hanging out for a couple of minutes, and I got to meet him. So yeah. So he literally just does smoke all day, every day. I mean, back then, I don't know if he still. I don't know if he still does. It, likely, I mean, once it becomes part of your pathology. Um, you probably need to, I would think. I mean, if it works for you, I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing that I thought about drugs is, um, like, I've tried a lot of drugs and I've not become addicted to any. I, I mean, I think I was a little worried about, like, Xanax and Red Bull mixed for a couple of months. I was like, no, I think I should stop doing this. And then sleeping pills recently. I'm like, okay, I shouldn't do this more than once in a while. Um, I see how it's, like, addictive, but not not in the... Uh, you know, I have to do it every day or I'm, you know, sucking somebody's dick for money or whatever. I'm not sure that that's what you did, but um, I'm just assuming. <laughs> You're like, thanks a lot. No, but anyway. Um, yeah, my theory about it, I think, is that, like, um, we all might be addicted to something. We might all be addictable to something. And if you try enough of them, you might accidentally find or purposefully find the one that you are addicted to. Like the, the, So that's why... That's, and I've told my, I think that's my fatherhood advice as well. It's like, you know, don't, don't try them all. You might find the wrong one, um, you know. So, because, you know, you, you grow up being told all drugs are bad and then you smoke a joint and you're like, oh, that wasn't that big of a deal. So maybe everything else is okay. But I'm really interested in DMT, to be honest with you. I, I, I think I, I don't know that I'll, I don't know that I'll do it now. I would have to be, I'd want to be under um, some sort of, uh, I want to say therapeutic guidance, but but or, or just in a friendly environment or something like that. And I've I've never quite like with I like hallucinogens, but um, I don't I've not done a lot of them because um, similarly to my uh, chasing after God experience, um, I don't want to jump into or out of the river of reality. Like you you know you do you like you you're not sure like the DMT experience is so strong. 
you're not sure if that was a look at another reality or if it was, you know, just your brain making it up under the influence. Um, I mean, the, even just the way you talk right now, I shouldn't, uh, but, but all of the experiences that I've read about it sound like people, or at least all the people that I've talked to off camera, um, they'll say, no, I think it was real. Like, I think that was me really traveling to another planet and aliens put DMT uh, in our plants so that we, we could communicate with them. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite a common thing for people to think. And it's definitely crossed my mind before. It's like, is this all like, is this all just some sort of game where the same as like, uh, I used to love RuneScape when I was younger, like multi multi multiplayer online role playing game. Um, and then it's like, you know, you have all your little quests and your little uh, resources that you have to find and they can just plonk down all these resources on this planet spaff out some um you know microbiome and spaff out some plants and animals and spaff out some germs and um mycelium and things like that and then they know that that'll just grow into like this big weird experiment um and all these different animals will grow and a million years could be the blink of an eye to a timeless species um so then I'm like, hmm, but like I think loads of things at the same time. Like my belief system is not is not one thing. It's it, it could well be. It could well be that. But then I also think that thinking those things is risky, because in my case I was always desperate to escape reality and find a new reality. And when you start thinking things like these are put here to communicate with aliens. Reality can be really nice. Reality can be amazing. Like life can be amazing, but you have to put your focus on life and living and being here and being doing real things. You know, and if you're constantly just trying to communicate with aliens, either either you are communicating with aliens, you think you're communicating with aliens, or you're just totally insane. You know, and and maybe that's okay. It doesn't really matter, but you're you're still not you're missing out, I think, on on life, which definitely is happening, and other people will agree it's happening. You know, so your 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 perspective and your reality is slightly different. My reality is slightly different from your reality, but there's a big majority of it which we both agree, and most people agree, is happening. So if everyone's agreeing it's happening, it's more likely to actually be happening. Yeah, and the pandemic years destroyed some of that too. Like that, we that I, that people started not even being able to agree on some realities. I mean, I think, like, I mean, you could, you could, if you, if we, if you had, um, let's just say, somebody that was on the extreme left and somebody that was on the extreme right sitting here at this table trying to discuss something, they might not be able to agree that this is actually a table. They like might decide to like, well, I can't agree with anything that that person says because I need to win. Yeah, yeah. And like that, 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 that's that's rough. But we're my my thought about it is, um, I I agree with what you're saying. Like we're like we are here right now in this in this body, um, and uh, if you want, but but what if what if communicating with aliens can help you live a better experience here? What if that was the goal of of communicating with them. Like if you are, if like, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to convince somebody who says they're an addict to do more drugs, but, um, but you know, what if that is the pathway to living a happier life here? Or maybe you've done, uh, you've, you've done that self-discovery and 
you know, decided I'm, I need to embrace the life here. And, but you, but again, the only way you, that you were able to, to have that self-discovery was by looking at that other alternative, you know, that, that, okay, so that's, this is, that's available to me, but that's not what I want. I want, I want to live this. Like one of the, like I mentioned earlier, like one of the concepts that I've been exploring lately is, you know, the idea that we're all God. It's actually kind of, so that means that we create, that we can create things, you know, and that the more, the, the, the better we become at it and the more that we can remember who we are, the, the quicker we can get the things that we're trying to create. And there are some people maybe that can like manifest something, you know, in their hand from the ether or something like that. Um, I don't know. It's really hard for me to actually like believe that stuff. Some, but anyway, my point was I have some days walked around in my head thinking that I'm God and that I, I'll look at somebody and smile at them lovingly, whether they're looking at me or not, hopefully not, right? Um, and, and like heal them in my mind. And it's, it's fun. It's a good feeling. Like, and it's kind of like, it's, it's a little bit like, why not? Or, you know, I'm just deluding myself and that's fine too, but I feel better. So um, I think that's what it's, I think that's what it's about. Like if you're like trying to escape this reality, you're missing out. I guess, um, versus like, it depends on your purpose of like talking to the aliens, I suppose. If it's to like get away from here, then I would hope that the aliens would say, no, no, you need to, you need to bring the message yeah. back that, that, you know, we should all just love each other and stop destroying the planet or whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever the, 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 the healing message or messages are, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> aliens come back like, take up yoga. Exactly. Like. Okay, thank you, aliens. Yeah, are you doing yoga? Uh, no. no. Well, like every so often. It's funny that you said yoga though, because like that's like one for me that I'm like, I feel like I really should be doing. Like I've been like I've been work I've been exercising a lot since October or so, and I just cannot bring myself to stretch uh, at the end of it or do yoga. So hard. Why? I don't know. It makes no sense. But I I I, I would go, I wouldn't go as far as to say I loathe it, but like stretching and i don't know if it's a male thing because like i played sport all my life played rugby um and then went to the gym when i stopped that like solidly gone to the gym and i only started stretching about one year ago or something like that and i have to say it's made a massive improvement okay on my quality of life tell me how because um, maybe that'll convince me well for example i didn't even used to barely be able to like you know when you 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 go on you sit you like go on your knees and you kind of put your bum on your feet yeah, like like kids sit like that, and loads of people sit like that. Couldn't even get anywhere near that. Uh -huh. My hamstrings were ridiculously tight. Uh -huh. Just my general range of movement is way better. Uh -huh. My my risk of injury when I do stuff is way less. Uh -huh. You know, everything's just less tight. Yeah, I think I probably grew a bit um, from like just stretching out and not hunching over so much. Mm -hmm. Posturing improves. I rarely have any sort of back pain and stiffness or anything like that, even from sitting down all day working. Um, but just my flexibility is just massively, massively improved. And how, how long do you think it took you to notice those improvements? A few months, I suppose. Okay. And I, for a while I was doing, and I, I tell you one thing, I was doing about 10 minutes at the end of the day. So like before bed, basically, uh -huh. of like relaxing stretches. And that did calm me down. And I, I was fairly religious with that for f several months, I would say, like most evenings. Uh, and now after, after working out, I work out like four or five times a week. Um, 
And now I try to do, I hate saying I try to do because it's mm -hmm. such a wimpy get out clause, mm -hmm. but I do 50% of the time. I do like just a simple kind of shoulders, neck, um, back, quick five minute routine. Mm -hmm. But you're right, it's five minutes after you've like, I'll do like a whole CrossFit session where I'm absolutely slaving my gut off for an hour and I can't bring myself to stand there and do five minutes of stretching. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand what, what, what it is. And doing like an hour, like I've been to various yoga classes, doing like an hour of it. And all like, obviously it's mainly women in most of them. And then at the end of it, Everyone's like, oh, my God, I feel so amazing. And I'm there, and I'm like, I'm just pissed off most of the time. Yeah, I think it, I, I don't know if it's a man thing or not. I mean, I don't, I don't see a, necessarily a lot of women stretching after their workout. And I do look. <laughs> see, I see um, loads. I see women stretching all the time. Okay. And I rarely see men at the gym. Uh, stretching, stretching. Stretching. Yeah, okay. I mean, I think you're right. I guess that's true. I mean, the, the women on the, in the middle of the gym are, are usually, like, stretching or doing some sort of yoga. I mean, so... But anyway, I think it's a distract. I think it's 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 related to like a distraction as well. Like we think it's it feels like a waste of time. It's not it's not an active um, uh, thing. I don't know if it's again. I don't know if male female or not. But um, but there is one thing actually that that I did think about, which is that stretching releases serotonin, and so maybe people who are either I don't know if it would be people who are lacking in serotonin or people who have ready amounts of it to be released um, are more th more likely. Because I have experienced <clears throat> really nice feelings from it. And sometimes at the end, you know, it, it makes makes me sleepy, um, makes you feel nice and calm sometimes. But it doesn't have that after I've worked out. Yeah, I, I've, I've got to, I mean, it's it's the one, it's the one, it's, it's my next... Uh, thing that I really need to conquer with it. I'm even kind of backing off on doing resistance training lately I've because I've, I've just been I actually started liking the spin bike and do that f like a like there's a, like a virtual class and I do that for like 45 minutes um, but I still like it the, some of the things that you've said are good for me which is you feel less resistant to injury like doing sport or just whatever I I, I feel scared all the time. Like, I'm scared to do paddle. I'm, I was talking to you about paddle. I don't know if it was on or off. But, um, like, I'm kind of scared to do it because I'm not well-conditioned and I feel like, well, my knee hurts a little as it is. If I, you know, jump around on it and twist it a little bit, then I'm out for six months. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to do upper body cardio. Like, I've done that before and, like, like that's the worst. So I, I'd like to... I need to convince myself somehow. It's really, it's it's really weird, um, and I've backed off on on some of the things that I was doing that were positive. Like I had I had a pretty good morning ritual going, and some of that has kind of fell off. Like uh, I I, I it was I was meditating, reading, um, journaling, uh, exercising. I still exercise every morning and. Um, doing affirmations and visualizations, which I actually, uh, I can't actually visualize. I have uh, something called aphantasia. aphantasia. Yeah. And I can't actually visualize, but I still uh, feel, uh, I still have the emotion of the goals that I want. Um, and then affirmations, I actually am a big proponent of. They really tell you, you're telling yourself what your intentions are, and then you figure out if you're lying to yourself or not, kind of like you just did. When you say you don't, you don't like saying I try to do it fifty percent of the time. Um, so it's either yeah, I, I really don't like that. It's like because it's like oh I'm gonna try and go to the gym today. It's like, what do you mean you're gonna try? Like yeah. you, 
you could either go or don't. Yeah. And I like every time I say that, I'm like, you give yourself such a, you, you, it just, it's like you're setting yourself up for failure instantly. Yeah. I'm going to try and do this. I'm like, shut up, Connor. You're an idiot. Something interesting that I've kind of explored wha- or I'm, I'm trying to explore is, mm-hmm. um, uh, so I, I, um, I've lost a bunch of weight mostly because I eat less food. That's a, that's a secret, everybody. Uh, you, oh my god! You, yeah, that is that is this is breaking news here. Yeah, um, but I keep track of it in an app. I have a fitness uh, coach or whatever that I talk to like every week or so, and I I some like lately I've been like going not over, but not as under my calories as I'd like, and he's he you know some of the theory is you're doing you're eating out of boredom, and I'm like yep. I mean, I work from home. I'm I'm in a, as he calls it, food-rich environment mm-hmm. um, all the time. And I like the idea of doing, finding things to do so that I'm not eating. Like, I was going to say, like, I, I think that the not stretching is, it's just not interesting enough. And it's like, I'd, I'd rather walk i'd rather you know i'd rather do something that feels active but if i could um look at stretching which i don't think i could do it with stretching but with but if i could look at stretching as this is another 10 minutes of my life that i'm not eating you know what i mean like i don't have then 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 that would that would be but i think i think it would it can be more related to like this will allow me to do paddle or uh, you know, get back on a, like, I like, I like, I used to go on a longboard, a skateboard a lot. And, um, I think if I, if I stretched more, I'd be able to do that. But like it, uh, I think it was messing with my hip or something. Mm. Um, so yeah. Um, but, but like going to a museum for two hours is two hours of not only getting some culture, but two hours of not eating. Yeah. I think I probably need to start taking that on board. It's Um, an interesting idea. But I want to pull you back to the aphantasia because I, I found out a few years ago that I didn't visualize things. Oh, okay. Um, and the way I found that out was because I performed a poem. Um, and then afterwards, some people came, because at the end I said, I'm looking for illustrators because I wanted to turn it into like a little mini children's book thing. And um, afterwards, the some people came up to me and they asked me like, oh, uh, you're looking for an illustrator? Like, what do the characters look like? They're two little like wobbly teeth. Um, and I was like, I don't know. And they're like, what do you mean you don't know? And I was like, well, that's the job of an illustrator. And they're like, yeah, but you must have an idea of what you want them to look like. And I was like, no. And then people were like, there was like a couple of people there and they were all a bit confused. And I was a bit confused. I was like, what do you want about? I, like, I thought that an illustrator happened to be someone who'd be like amazing at just conceptualizing something and figuring visuals. something out. And, but then I didn't know that every, pretty much everyone can just pull up mental imagery. Um, but then, and then I was really like depressed about it for ages. I felt like I was missing out on a huge chunk of life. Um, and I was really envious of everyone. And then bit by bit through like meditation and everything like that, I started to realize that I sort of could, but I would say it's probably like a two out of 10 maybe. So I don't think I can, like, for example, can you picture locations? What do you mean picture? Because this is like I I I I I I've had discussions with people a lot about this and like so first of all I only found out a few years ago because John Alice also has it mm-hmm. and he mentioned it once uh, he was like oh I have aphantasia and I'm like oh what's that and he's like uh, you know you, you you don't see a mental image I'm like oh no nobody can 
and I'm, I was 52 years old, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm like, and, and I'm like, nobody can, it's like, I thought like, I thought like, um, you know, when they say counting sheep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just thought that was like, I, I remember when I was 16, 17, trying to close my eyes and count sheep. And yeah, I was like, yeah. I guess no, I guess they just, I guess they just mean saying thinking it. Thinking about. Thinking about it, right? Sheep, like, yeah. I know what a sheep looks like. I could, I could tell you what a sheep looks like. I don't, like, I don't need to close my eyes and do that. But, and it supposedly, like, the research I've done on it is, like, we still do the same thing. It's, it's kind of like a movie's playing on television, but the screen's not on. You know what I mean? Like, it's still, it's all still there. <laughs> it's all happening. You hear the sounds. But anyway, um, so I don't know what you mean when you say, no, so I guess, no, I can't see a location. Yes. I can see nothing. I, I like, I, I can try really hard to, I mean, I guess sometimes, but again, I, I don't, I, there's, there's a crossover between what they're talking about and dreaming. Like, I can see in dreams. But what about like picturing your daughter's face? No, I can describe it. I can, I can tell you. I, yeah, I, I don't picture my dog. Can you picture your your mother's face? Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have aphantasia. Yeah. You just, you just uh, don't. Well, but can you visualize? So, but you can't visualize something that you haven't seen before, maybe. No, I don't really think I can do that. I I tried, and that's the thing. That's what I was going to say. That so you can't like you couldn't like visualize an. Can you visualize an apple? That's like one of the first tests. Yeah. So can you visualize an apple with? But I didn't used to be able to, because uh -huh. I didn't know. I didn't know that it didn't ever happen naturally. Like so, we were talking about apples. I would never have thought to put an apple. It wouldn't. It didn't happen. I didn't know that people could do that. And then since I found out, like three years ago or four years ago maybe uh -huh. I've just been practicing uh -huh. just doing it loads yeah and like now I can get better and I can sort of like move it around but like my ex-girlfriend said before that she basically closed her eyes and just see it like almost like a movie screen yeah so and people so have people have hyperphantasia where it's like 3d movie yeah screen. yeah she said that she can like she could view herself from like a third party like walking along basically and stuff like that, which I was like, what the hell? And then right. I've heard people that say that when they listen to music, um, that uh, like a track will be, like a, a, a movie will be playing for them basically. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's relatively common, you know, like seeing imagery when you're hearing music. And I think that's why some people absolutely love music. Yeah. But then I also thought to myself that until I came clean and until a few years ago and everything, there, I had permanent racing thoughts 100% of the time like even trying to go to sleep and everything and I, it used to be a real problem and like my my headspace was so hectic that I then I thought if that was in imagery I would be insane like there's no I, I was I thought to myself like, how to be able to function if like it's just the way that the thoughts because some people think purely in pictures I was like if those racing thoughts would be in pictures it'd be like <laughs> And I was like, surely that wouldn't be feasible. Like how, I, right. I, I don't understand how, how that would translate, like racing thoughts in images versus racing thoughts in words. Um, but then, yeah, I've, I've just been practicing it. Have you talked and, to anybody about the racing thoughts and images concept? Because that, that does make me curious if... I've never spoken to anyone about it. Yeah. However, I'm hopefully getting a, a girl on from, she's doing a PhD um, in mental imagery and aphantasia. Uh-huh. 
so I'm in contact with her at the moment. You could have me. I, and, you could have me and John on if you want it with her or something. Yeah, because yeah. I when I I thought at first I thought I had it because I couldn't picture people's faces and it was all just concepts, you know, like. But now I can, and I think that's because there's more headspace for it, mm -hmm. and whatever part of the brain must have just been underdeveloped, the the kind of like the visual part of it. Mm -hmm. But then I I also used to notice that even when I took psychedelics before other people would be having way stronger from from their described experiences would be having way stronger visual experiences than i would i would still be able to close my eyes and see like patterns and all that type of thing but like never anything crazy off like lower dose things there's only like things like dmt that that give real crazy hallucinations but other people off relatively small amounts seem to seem to have reported a lot more. Yeah, with hallucinogens, I just felt like I um, I metabolized it slower because everybody starts seeing stuff, and then I'm like, oh, I guess I need to take more, and then I end up seeing too much stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know. But that's what that's what I mean. It's like that. That's the strange thing about it is that if if you can see stuff when you dream and you can see stuff when you take psychedelics, it's not a mechanical fault that's going on. It's it it must be it must be something. Like, it's not that that part is broken as such. It's just your b brain must be prioritizing other parts as opposed to giving energy to that part, which stimulates the the visual side. It, it must still be possible. That was that was why I was so determined to practice. Like, it must still be possible. It, it, that, that the ability is there. Yeah, I don't know. I think I. I mean, I, maybe it depends. Um, obviously, it depends on the person. But I, I think that. The and I don't know. Like sometimes I wonder how much I do see in my dreams anymore. I I have to really think about that because there's a lot of but but I think this is part of dreaming. There's a lot of just knowing, right? Like you see somebody's face and it's not a face you recognize, but you just know that that was your mm. great great grandfather from 1922 or whatever, you know. And it's it's not, but it's just like this face that you created, but you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like I remember many times like. And not recently, but like as I'm falling asleep, mm. and I remember specifically like really liking it, like I could see an image. Yeah. But it was like I would see an image and name it, not I would name an image and see it, which I think with, with like, you know what I mean? Like, so I think I was like entering a dream state. Yeah. And then I was getting those, like, it was like pencil, dog, whatever, like was just like, you know, but who knows like how much, like, and I, and I think I would try to make something and then the act of trying i wasn't able to see anything yeah yeah yeah, exactly yeah yeah that that's happened to me as well and i find that at like nine o'clock in the morning and nine o'clock in the evening are the two times where i'm like more able to fluidly see things and i've entered into those dreamy type states where it's like then start stuff starts to be able to be seen but it's never like detailed color it's like when i do see things it's quite often um kind of like grayscale. Mm -hmm like really low definition, just random things. I, I have had it before, like one time, which was really, really odd, where I closed my eyes. Um, and I think I'd been smoking weed like a couple of days before, but I don't think I'd taken any drugs for like a couple of days. Um, and I closed my eyes and it was like a video game was going on, like a, a video game from like Sega or something. So it was color mm -hmm. and there was like a little character who looked like Link from Zelda. Mm -hmm. And he was like jumping up and down, um, these little like basically like a 2d 
game, like mm-hmm. thing like that. And then, but half of the screen was covered with like kind of clouds. And then I was like wiping the clouds away with my eyes like that. And it was like uncovering more of the screen. And I was like, this is so cool. And I, but, and I was awake, but with my eyes closed. I was like, this is so cool. And I was like, this, maybe this is what people experience. Right. But then I'm like, so you just don't know like how much people really experience. And then, now, I, now I'm just determined because when I thought that when I didn't know that you could visualize stuff like years ago, I was like, oh, maybe like really experienced meditators in mm. the same way that you hallucinate when you take drugs, like really experienced meditators can reach these states of like sober hallucinating, which yeah. is true. But then I just found out that most people can just do that anyway. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I, I talk about it on stage quite a bit because um, I do a magic trick uh, that like I, I involve the audience and say, I can't see anything. But since you can, let's uh, try and see if you can make this thing appear, you know, or whatever. Um, which brings us to let's do a magic trick. Let's do a magic trick. But, but do you do you. So when you just, when I asked you if you could see your mother's face, you see it in grayscale. Mm, no, not anymore. Okay. It, it's usually it's when it's like like you say, like things that I don't know, like, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when I'm inventing stuff, that'll be kind of grayscale. So you could, you could invent the, the, the little tooth characters now if you needed to. Yeah, but I think it's more, I suppose I could if I really tried, yeah. yeah. But then it's quite often like, um, it's more likely to be pictures of ones that I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, when I've been looking. So I can kind of come up with something, but I can't really hold the image there. It's more like halfway between an image and a concept. Yeah. Um, but it's really, I find it really interesting. Yeah, I have to pee. Okay, we'll pause it for a moment. Can I pause? Or do, oh yeah, just stop. So, okay. lucky, lucky people, we now have a live magic trick gonna be performed by Harris. Um, for those who are listening on audio, Click in the description where you're, li- where you're listening and there'll be a link to this YouTube video. Um, so, um, so, yeah, I didn't know what I was going to do. I brought a bunch of stuff. and But since we're talking about aphantasia and I mentioned that I do something from stage regarding aphantasia, I think I'll do that. And I should mention I'm a comedy magician, which means uh, if I tell a joke and it's not funny, it's definitely a magic trick. Uh, and if I uh, do a magic trick that doesn't work, it was meant to be a joke, right? So it goes both ways. So it's win-win. It's win-win, yeah. So I'd like you to, um, so I have this uh, uh, whiteboard here. Oh, I have this whiteboard here? Like, like you, you can't hear me now. But um, on the back here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to, pre- not predict, but I'm going to try to read your mind. Okay. So speaking of aphantasia, I'd like you to picture anything you want, maybe a recent uh, dream or location you've been to or food you've had or something like that. Picture it in your mind and send it to mine. And I'm going to draw what I get, what I see. I'm just going to do it like in a, I'm not going to use the whole thing here so it doesn't take forever, but, um, okay. All right. And what is it, uh, what is it that you're picturing? I was picturing my granny's house in Ireland. Okay. Cause, uh, this is, this is what I saw. Uh, <laughs> again, I have aphantasia, so I don't really see anything. Um, but, uh, since I have aphantasia, it's, uh, it's a huge, um, 
disadvantage for magicians because a lot of magicians actually uh, they use their magical powers to visualize something and then magically make it appear. Mm -hmm. So we'll try to do that with you since you say that you no longer have aphantasia apparently. So, or that I guess you never did have it. I think I did. Um, but I do, so I can't actually visualize a thing. But I'd like you to, I'm going to hand you an imaginary deck of cards. If you would, please uh, take that deck of cards and shuffle it. Uh, take it out of the box first, Connor. <laughs> no. Even I can imagine that they're in a box. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, because shuffle them. Uh, okay, rub them together. Throw them on the table. Doing oh. 52 card pick up. Okay, there you go. Okay, great. Um, so, uh, okay, <laughs> yes, make make them into a meatball. That's perfect. Um, so, uh, can they see your hands uh, when we were doing it? Yeah. Uh, when you were shuffling? Yeah, that's what he was doing. So, anyway, um, okay, great. So now, uh, take the jokers out, or imagine you take the jokers out. And then what I'd like you to do is select any one card that you'd like. Don't let me see. Um, and then uh, take that card. Now, and don't make it obvious. Don't do the Ace of Spades or the Queen of Hearts because people won't think that that's very impressive. Um, so uh, go ahead and take a card. Do you have a card? Yeah. Go ahead and show the audience. Feel silly now, don't you? Uh, and then put it back in a deck, but put it back in the deck upside down so that it's flipped over the other direction and then square the deck. I can look now. Yeah. Uh, and then put it back uh, inside the, the card case, the box. And then if you would, put the box, uh, the card case into this plastic container here. This it just fits it perfectly, as you can see. Great. And then what I'd like you to do is take it now and throw it up in the air so that it, so that it comes to me and uh, do you have a magic word in mind? Not yet. Okay. Uh, you, you that was just practicing, but I'm still say, holding on to Okay, that. great, great. Let's say abracadabra, because abracadabra, people can look it up. It's an actual magic word. It's, it's, it's from uh, uh, a couple thousand years ago, and it means like... It's Aramaic, isn't it? Yeah, it's, Ara it's Aramaic. Some would say Jewish, but it's same, same time era. And uh, it means um, I, uh, I speak what I create or I create what I speak, something like that. So go ahead and say say that, throw it in the air. Abracadabra. Oh my God, look at that. You created yeah. a deck of cards. Amazing, isn't it? That was uh, pretty cool. You don't seem very convinced, Connor. Um, no, I am. I, I, just, I just don't have a very convincing, wow, I'm just not very expressive. I see, that's fair. Um, but, but inside here, there should be one card that's turned over the other way. Okay. Right? Uh, I'm going to stand, sit about here so that... I'm trying to get an angle that you can see and the audience can see. What um, what uh, card are you thinking of? The one that's turned over. Am the I other. supposed to tell you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven of diamonds. Okay. So the seven of diamonds. So again, there should be a card in here. And sorry that you guys can't hear me too well, but you can see me visually. Yeah, you can see there that there, and you see it as well from your angle. Whoops, sorry. That one there. If you would go ahead and grab that. Don't show. It to the audience just yet and then uh, if you would uh, what was the card that you were thinking of seven of diamonds and what card are you holding in your hand the seven of diamonds amazing you have amazing magical powers connor it's crazy wow how the hell did you do that uh, you did it you you created with your mind and then it became a real deck of cards yeah how did you pick the how did you do that it's crazy isn't it magic's fun um yeah but um, but i could have picked any card i know you did pick any card Hmm. The I pragmatic know. side of you. This is the, the the thing is, is that 
it's fun just to feel like it's magic now, isn't it? No, it it's is. not. No, it's like, no, how did you do that? Yeah. Man, uh, Stuart Kennedy bothered me for months. How did you get the idea of the seven of diamonds in my head? His was the five of hearts, I think. But how did you make me say? You influenced me at some point during the course of the... So that, that could be a theory that a lot of people like, is that some sometime during the course of our... Yeah. Um, in fact, what I would r recommend everybody do is uh, listen to this podcast again, and then you, you'll hear where I influenced you to say the Seven of Diamonds. It's not true. No, that's, yeah. not how, that's not how it works. Because I've asked you about that before, and you said that it would be much cooler if that were, what that were, that were true. It'd be really cool if I could influence you that greatly to, yeah. like, later in the, in the podcast, you're going to select the Seven of Diamonds. But I actually had no idea I was going to do that trick until we started talking about Aphantasia. So. Because um, I'm a huge fan of Darren Brown, mm -hmm. seen him live. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually got hypnotized in part of the audience, like when he did the audience hypnosis. So according to his metrics, I would be about top 40% of hypnotizable people mm -hmm. um, because I, there was like kind of like three stages he went through. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like the second stage of mm -hmm. hypnosis. Um, so it means that I am hypnotizable and I do some self-hypnosis sometimes. But yeah, like Darren Brown, he does loads of um, what's it called when when you, it's, it's not called influencing? What's the what's the word for it when you like push it upon someone? Persuasion, something like that. Um, but he That's does like, influence. Yeah, I mean, you're but influencing. It's like, but it's, it's like you're it's like you're forcing someone to pick that by kind of like manipulating them. I can't remember yeah. whatever, whatever. Though anyway, um, and yeah, he does when he does those ones, and it's like he goes the whole show where he's like put in like little subtle hints, and then there'll be like a seven hanging somewhere, and then like some like diamond shaped things, but it's, it's way more subtle than that. Um, but I don't know how the hell you did that one. Yeah. So simple, but so confusing. Yeah, it's one of the best, it's one of the best tricks you can learn. Actually, it's, it's a very strong, strong one. Doesn't, uh, doesn't take too much uh, practice and, uh, or it takes a ton of practice. You never know, could be, could be both, but. Um, you're thinking about it too much now. Look at your little brain going. Yeah. Yeah. Very irritating. Yeah. So how did you get into Comedy Magic? Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, my grandfather owned a bar, and he hustled people with card tricks and other little magic tricks to get better tips. In an, um, and he taught me. Was he your father's father? No. Ah, my, so you got hustlers on both sides. I do. Yeah. Well, he or was. Had. He was an honest hustler, I would say. Um, you know, the a bar bar hustler making a bar bet that you know uh, that you that you're guaranteed to lose is not as bad as dealing drugs, I guess. <laughs> um, but no, I think my my grandfather on my mother's side was a pretty honest uh, honest person overall. He but anyway, he taught me how to how to do some card tricks, and so I kind of got into it at a young age. And I was in a I was in a talent contest at twelve. And then I fucked up all the tricks in a talent contest um, and decided that uh, I liked comedy better and went down that road for a while. And then, uh, you know, as we mentioned, I was in the Snoop Dogg movie. I, I, I pursued acting, and uh, but then had a business, got married. And uh, 15, 16 years later, when my dad was dying, um, I uh, somehow magic came back to me because I was I used it to like entertain the family as we were you know waiting for not good news mm. um, I found myself doing some card tricks and then when I got back to Barcelona I found myself just uh, addicted 
I guess obsessed would be a better word, obsessed with learning magic. Like I would, I watched all the Penn and Teller fool us. I, I started like trying to figure out how to do tricks. I went to the magic store on my corner and bought some stuff. My family bought me stuff. And um, I'm like, okay, I want to perform magic. And then I created a magic show, performed it once and found out that there was a big comedy scene, a decent comedy scene here. Four, five, four years ago, before the pandemic, mm-hmm. and um, and then it was like, oh, I'm, I, I, I like the idea of mixing comedy with magic. And quite frankly, if you look at a lot of magic, there's comedy in it anyway. It's it's very similar, really. Yeah. It's 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 a setup of expectations and then a surprise. You know, jokes are a lot that they're you know they're you're setting up expectations and then going in the opposite direction with it. I'm no I'm no, you know expert professional comedy writer or anything like that but there but i feel that there's a lot of similarity between comedy and magic and it's it's a really natural fit for me yeah your shows are so great because they're um like i've seen probably more than five times probably somewhere between five and ten and um they're great because like you say you've got either the comedy things and people are laughing because something's going wrong or it's purposely going wrong or it's just like a, a, a stupid sort of pun or something like that and they're laughing at that or they're impressed so it's like it, it's the good win and it's similar to what Noah who runs the comedy improv course said it's about improv people like watching improv because they're either impressed that you're doing it on the cuff or they're laughing because what you're saying is funny or they're laughing because you're messing it up which is also funny yeah that's interesting I hadn't thought about it that way but yeah there there is a they they enjoy the entertainment of you having tried and failed, and uh, there's a lot of that in magic as well. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Like one of the jokes that I do that you that that you probably remember. I can do it with my finger. Um, go ahead and um, think of a two-digit number. Okay. All right, and we didn't set this up ahead of time. Okay, uh, is the number you're thinking of seventy-three? <laughs> Look at that. I got it correct. <laughs> yeah, I've seen no. that. <laughs> yeah. So I do, I, yeah, I love it. I love doing a bunch of, like, obviously bullshit magic and then pulling out, like, something yeah, yeah, yeah. real. Um, but yeah, the thing is, is that, like, magicians, uh, Penn and Teller famously are atheists, or I'm sorry, Penn is, I don't know if Teller is. But, Aaron Brown is as well. Yeah, a lot of them are because um, magic. Uh, we know how a lot of the tricks work, and a lot of the, especially a lot of the, the um, the psychic readings and stuff like that um, that are not real. So it's really difficult for me as a as a natural skeptic to uh, accept some of the stuff that we were talking about, like in the new age spiritualism world, or in the you know like our hallucinogen our hallucinogens. Cr- giving you a window into reality. I, I, I'm, I have a very scientific and pragmatic side of me that's like, well, no, there's no, there's not, there's no proof of that. And if there was one person that came and told me that, that it was true, that wouldn't be enough. That would be an allegorical you know, experience from that one person, and I don't think I can reproduce it or something like that. So, so yeah, that, 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 that's what makes it difficult for me to like, believe in God is I, because I know a lot of the the tricks like I know how I know I know how the magic trick a lot of the magic trick works and I can usually see through it like I used to really I I I believed um uh, who was it John Edwards have you ever heard of him he's like a psychic medium he was on television in the United States for more than probably a decade and um 
I believed he was talking to the other side. And then I had some, you know, very skeptical friends say, no, it's just cold reading. It's like, this is, you know, and uh, like, it's like stuff like, is anybody here in the audience? Does anybody relate to the letter J? You know, seven people have somebody that died with, you know, Jennifer or John or, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that. So, um, you know, there, there, you know, you, you can look for stuff like that, but then, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I want you to be able to talk to the other side, but I don't know if we really can. Yeah, I don't know if we really can, and I don't know if we really should be able to, even if we could. Like, in the movies, it always goes wrong. Does it? Always? Well, usually. Like, if you, when you're talking to the other side, like, the way I kind of think about it is that w- it doesn't necessarily have to go wrong, but if... That dark side exists. Let's call it the dark side. Um, If that dark side exists and you are opening yourself up, it's like... Wait, 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 wait. Talking to the other side is the dark side? That's what... Let's say. Let's say, like, for example, you have... Let's say, for example, you have the light, which is what we have here now, and you have, or like, what we can see, and you have the kind of the underworld. Doesn't necessarily mean that everything in the underworld is bad, but it's the underworld in the same way that you have the internet and you have the dark web. Not everything on the dark web is bad, but the dark web years ago was, I think it was something like 700 times the size of the regular web. Um, It's probably more than that now. But when you go on there, you then open yourself up to all sorts of crazy stuff. So it's like, if you are delving into this underworld, dark side looking for your one connection with somebody and you're trying to find them first of all how do you know you are reaching them if there are if you can reach them and there are there are malevolent spirits about let's say how do you know you're really reaching them and not a malevolent spirit that's then trying to manipulate you the chances of that are probably way more likely of you reaching the wrong person or thing um and you're then opening yourself up i think spiritually to attacks from all angles from let's say you kind of open up a little floodgate or a channel into your consciousness maybe into the consciousness of people around you maybe like a portal into this reality well you say how do you know i think the answer might be you know like you feel it like i i think that you'd have to you if if all that exists you'd you'd better be comfortable with your own emotion and your own feelings. Like you can, you know, you can walk into a room and feel a bad vibe, right? Have, have you ever like walked into a room and like, okay, this is not a good scene. Uh, something doesn't feel right. I mean, that, I, would, I would think that you'd need to get in touch with that if you're gonna go delve into trying to talk to grandma, you know? Um, but also, I mean, for me, I would need like grandma to tell me something that, like what was your phone number when, you know, because that's in my brain. I would remember it. I would come. Oh shit! But it's in my brain. Ah. So that's so. So that that becomes. Is it just me or is it really grandma? That's that's where I go with it. Is is like, oh, well, grandma told me. You know, whatever. I'm gonna say a number that it's not eight six seven five three zero nine. You know, and um, I'm like, oh, but that was just in my brain. So maybe I just made that conversation up. But it's also kind of like the the one I think is Darren Brown always says, or or someone. They're like. You know, when, when they're doing these cold callings, uh, cold talking, sorry, um, cold readings. Cold readings. Cold readings. Yeah. Um, and then, then they're talking. It's always like, 
you know, like, your life is going well, keep it on the right path. It's not like, oh, my God, it's fucking mental being back here in the underworld. Um, I was just out drinking ghost spirit last night, and now we're floating around in Nebuchadnezzar land. Yeah. And something, they're, they're just like, yes, you are having a good life, and I'm happy about this. Like, no, give me some juicy stuff about the dark side, like, well, that's, that, that side. Well, I think that, again, I'm, I'm heavily influenced by the Conversation with God series right now, and it and I, I don't think there's a dark side, and I don't think there's good and bad. I, I don't think there's a hell. I, I, so, so it makes more sense to me that if, there's, if you're able to get in touch with other spirits, they're all fine. Like, they don't give a shit about, there's nothing, there is nothing negative. Everything they did was from their standpoint was was out of good and love of love i wouldn't say i just said there's no good and bad and, I, and then i said that but anyway like so that's like the concept there is that like but i don't know i don't know if you i don't know if we can I've, i'm we both are in agreement for for different reasons i don't know if we can uh you know speak quote unquote to the other side and 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 but but isn't that just tapping into whatever wavelength we were talking about earlier i mean really could potentially be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, so if 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 we agree that consciousness is on some sort of, you know, wavelength, because there's certainly more, right? Like, there's you, you meditate, so you know, like, who's who who's observing you. What like your your super ego, right? Like like when you're like meditating, who is it saying, stop having thoughts. You know, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not proposing that that's God, but then who's, but, but who's watching that part of you, you know, or, 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 or you're connected to all the, you know, all the rest of us. So I don't know. The faster we could all get to feeling like we're all one, I think the better the planet would be. Unity. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something there and it's just gone out of my head. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. I think that we... I I always just I've always wanted to go to a medium out of curiosity but then I've always again it's like either they are a charlatan or like there's three possibilities in my in my head it's like they're a charlatan they know it they're they're out there to make money they don't give a shit or they are genuinely contacting the dead all totally 100% accurate or they believe they are uh, so there's like those three possibilities and two out of those three possibilities is is kind of like not real. And one of them is real. So it's kind of like you've got kind of like a, got a double chance of it being wrong in my in my twisted logic. But it's also like. But what but what's wrong with with any of them? What, why not go to it? Why not go through it for the experience? And because, why not? I mean, I'd love to find all three somehow. Because well, I, I would also, of like course, that. because we don't we don't even know if we believe in the third anyway. So you're not so like you you may never believe in the in the third. Like what would have to happen for you? I don't know. I don't think that anything ever would give. Like, nothing would ever get. All no. The, all these big questions that we are that we're talking about now. There's never going to be satisfactory proof i don't think that's the whole point of faith and that's the whole point like a big part of spirituality is based on faith and that's you know when i mentioned that science is always a little bit behind you know we are discovering and naming things now 
that have been known about and written about for 5,000 years and now it's just got to a point where what we call science and <clears throat> our like method of proving things, our methodology is at a technological level where we're able to say, okay, this is, a, we've proven scientifically that this is accurate, but it's been accurate and known about for thousands of years. And I think it's kind of the same. It's like we're searching for a proof that we don't need because it, it should be kind of observable. And by the way, way, the the idea of of you have that spirit. I wouldn't say spirituality is about faith. I'd say religion's about faith. I think spirituality doesn't have to be about like just that that blind faith. You like, like for instance, for me, like but it's faith in oneself. Really, it's 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 having faith that having faith that number one, you're not alone in anything you do. Really, you you know, you are part of the greater consciousness, having faith that there is something that is, that is bigger than you. And even like in, in, in the terms of, if you don't like to think of, the, of God or some sort of entity or powerful being, I like to just think about nature. Nature is more powerful than us. Like nature, the weather controls our mood. You know, like the, that's kind of what, what makes me think of astrology potentially being real it's like the amount of sunlight changes your mood which then changes your actions changes your personality temporarily changes your sleep just from the amount of sunlight you're receiving you know if they if it's cloudy if it's you know if, if it's really humid and atmospheric pressure is high you're tense and it's like that's the weather that's nature just going around changing everybody like that and it's like why is there not then Something that if, if nature's like that, what's controlling nature? Okay, so we know that tides, for example, are controlled by the moon. Okay, but what's controlling the moon? It's like, okay, maybe the other planets, their orbits and their gravitational pulls are, are what's having little effects on that. Okay, that's in our um, solar system. What's controlling our solar What's above our solar system? It's like a big hierarchy of things. Of infinity. Uh, to, to infinity. To, to infinity. And it's all and like expanding. a big, cogs we're like tiny little wheels coming right the way down to our little spinning tiny atoms and but, but, quarks and everything just like but it's mm. all the same we, we, it's all part it, of the same thing all, all, it's infinitely smaller and infinitely bigger and so we are genuinely like that's why with with uh i was also a bit like you mentioned earlier a bit repelled by the we are god thing when i first heard that concept and because it sounds very egocentric and it sounds very kind of a bit woo woo like you know i am god walking around but then it's like you can actually think about it in a pragmatic, scientific way. We are made of the same materials. We right. come from exploding stars. We are literally part of the universe, which is all made of the same thing, if you believe in the Big Bang. Right. Um, and even if you don't, something must have created us. We are all part of the same ecosystem, giant, yeah. giant ecosystem. So it's like we are actually all made up of the same stuff. Yeah. And then we are also like genetically traced traced back and all related from the same amoeba two or four or whatever they are little cells initially or even if that's not true and two humans were placed here by god and then they created then then we're still traced back to those or even if aliens plonk down a hundred people we're all still genetically traced back to the same things like we are like Pragmatically, but, but but then that but so so any of those discussions still go back to okay so what about the aliens who created them and then who created that that and that you know so 
yeah, there's it's just infinite in in all the directions. And ultimately, I mean, it doesn't matter. Just have your experience on Earth, and also it's fun to explore it. And like I like the I like the. I mean, ultimately, it's um, find a belief system and try it on for size. And if it works for you and you're happier, then great. I mean, we're pretty much, that's, but I think that's all it is. Like, I can easily say without it being woo-woo, hey, we create our own reality. And some people take that as, you know, based on how you interact with people, that's what your reality is. But but the, the deeper woo-woo people believe that as, no, 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 I create all, I manifest my reality. And, mm-hmm. and, and if you're God, then you are able to do that. You know, you're a slice of, you know, you're a slice of God, so you should, you, you're able to do it. I, I see it, I understand that. And unfortunately for me, I only believe in it, in it in the more pragmatic sense, which is if I continue to, you know, uh, I was going to say read myself affirmations of the thing that I want and take the actions to get them and accept, like a hundred things get, a hundred opportunities get thrown at us a day. And by that, I mean, like, I'm, I have the opportunity to cross the street or not cross the street, or yeah, I have yeah. the opportunity to do this podcast or not do this podcast. And, and if, I, if I have in mind, from a law of attraction standpoint, if I have in mind the thing that I'm trying to get, I'm going to make my decisions based on that, especially if I keep that in mind and keep that in mind and keep that in mind. Um, or, which I have some evidence in my life, uh, or maybe uh, the universe delivers Anyway, like I've never really had a like I don't make a lot of money, but I've never I've, I've had so much worry on and off in my life about it. But then everything that I want tends to get done like mm-hmm. like eventually. Um, so like like my three main affirmations were, uh, you know, that I want to be a full time performer or professional performer. I want to uh, be able to pay for my uh, daughter's education, which is very expensive. And uh, I want to, you know, become fit. So those are those are like the three things that I am currently focusing on. But interestingly, I'm focused. I'm not making mo- a lot of money on on being a full time performer yet. Mm-hmm. But that's where most of my, uh, let's call it, work energy is going towards. And not as much on my regular business. But meanwhile, my regular business has recovered. And like last month was the best month that it's had in two years, mm-hmm. like literally. So like I've went from having, uh, my company has went from having almost zero money in the bank in, in at the beginning of the year to five months later having enough in the bank that if I need to borrow the money for my daughter's next two years of education, it's there in my company. Mm. So like that's a, that's a huge turnaround. Now, you know, um, I, I guess I won't speak it into existence, but... Um, what won't happen is, uh, um, what I would really like not to happen universe is that like, that could all go away in the next three months. You know, I, I, I do think that it's, you know, that we're on a good path, but I'm just allowing it, Yeah, yeah. you know, or, you know, the fact that I was happier allowed, you know, entered it, the pragmatic side of it. I don't care. I don't care. It's, it's more fun for me to just think, okay, I, as long as I pursue my passion, God, the collective conscious, the universe or I will deliver all the things that I need, that I want, you know? So, so I think that that is, has summarized the, the podcast pretty well. We've come to a, a natural conclusion that collective consciousness, God will provide what you need. 
um, what I need. What just what you need. Well, or but, you but, if you but, believe but, it. But no one else is. <laughs> no, no, you if you. No, no. I, I also I also do believe that. In oh, fairness, okay. I do. Um, things go pretty well. Things go pretty well. But then, I I would say that I focus the majority of my energy on keeping calm and sane, and then and balanced by keeping mentally healthy, keeping emotionally healthy, keeping physically healthy keeping a good work-life balance, you know, keeping enough socializing and basically trying to do everything that I do in the most healthy way possible because I used to do everything in the most unhealthy way possible. So now it's like, I think that that's my challenge in life is being balanced, being balanced. And, you know, like you can dip in and out of this or do whatever you want, but keep everything balanced and keep kind of growing each aspect. And since I started doing that, my life just goes so well and everything like overwhelmingly well. And at first, you know, it's one of those things where you, you're just waiting for some catastrophe, which is obviously a terrible thing to do. And I stopped that, but it's like things are going so well, like nice relationship, business going really well, um, like playing rugby, getting fit, doing everything and everything is going so well. And I'm like, surely, surely this is like, fake and surely someone's about to be like pull the plug and be like ah pranked you or something um but then it's not so far and hopefully it carries on but on another level you're <coughs> on another level you're making a conscious effort notice that word conscious effort to to do the things that make you happy and then the other the other things the other things are getting delivered because you're you're allowing the space for them to get delivered so mm. i don't know I, I, I mean i think there's some i I think there's some magic to it, and I fucking hate admitting that I think there's some magic to it. <laughs> from the magician. From the magician, from just my own skeptical, you know, side. But 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 that means that I'm the right person to deliver that message to the people that are going to hear that message. Like I want to help people. I want to help people, you know, experience their best lives. Like I think that's a, a great way of being, you know. And I mean, I, I presume there's a little ask. Like, why do a podcast if you don't want to share, you know? some good some some good thoughts with uh you know uh whoever is willing to listen like I, I presume that that some of your motivation as well is like you know and and quite frankly that's why you were living unhealthily so that people that are living unhealthily can say oh okay i hear that and and here's here's what not living unhealthily might feel like and you know so anyway by 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 contrast is how we truly experience anything yeah go from one extreme to the other um, and then hopefully meet in the middle. Um, anyway, this has been great. As a closing tradition, I ask my guests for, we've had quite a few already, but I ask my guests for words of wisdom. So what are your words of wisdom, you know, summarized potentially? Um, I thought you were going to say, uh, as a tradition, I ask all of my guests to do heroin. I'm so glad that you didn't. Uh, that was going to. I was thought you were going to break out a needle and uh, words of wisdom. I well, thought so we. As you, as you said, you never tried. I thought I'd, I'd just I'd, I'd make it your first. So it'd be one to remember. Yeah. Um, well, as long as I'm just in this r great room for it, right? <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter. I guess heroin, it doesn't matter. You just probably not. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's that's not fair because I just said words of wisdom, I didn't know. I? I didn't you I just, just say them? Didn't I just say them? Can't we just re make them rewind and hear that? So, um, I think my words of wisdom, it, 
people that are depressed are going to hate this, but like the secret to being happy is to decide to be happy. Um, and it makes me like as somebody that was pretty depressed pretty recently, uh, it's not easy to flip that switch. But if you take little baby steps towards it, you can. But um, it's hard for me to put it into words because I, I had this I had this kind of profound realization recently, which is, you know, what I just said, but it might not sound so profound the way I just said it, but really like that you can choose to be happy in any moment. That's it. There's my word of wisdom, I guess. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very solid point. And it's one of those, like many of the things in life, so irritatingly simple, but so difficult overall. But, like you say, those little baby steps um, towards a happier future. Um, I have one final... A happier now. Right what? that moment. That moment. Any moment you can choose to be happy. That's my point. Okay. No matter what's happier, happening. A happier present and therefore future. Sure. Um, I also have a final tradition, which is to give you a little gift, which is... Oh, heroin. A plastic bag. Oh, okay. Um, no, no, there's something in it feels like heroin. Ow! <laughs> oh, do I have to open it on camera? Yeah. Well, you don't have to, but okay. do what you want. Um, no, I'll open it on camera. It oh, is. It's, it's dirty socks. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> they're not, but they're not supposed to be in there. Oh, they're really? Also, they're oh. also clean. Okay. They're clean, don't worry. Condoms. Here, you take the condoms back. No, there's no condoms. And a shirt. It's a Quest for Wisdom t-shirt. A Quest for Wisdom t-shirt. Awesome. Ooh. I will wear this. Wait, um, oh, by the way, I was going to say earlier, when you were said that you wanted to meet a medium, I said I was going to tell you I'm becoming a medium. I was an extra large. Now I'm oh, a large. Ah, what is this? Is this a large? It's an extra large. Okay, that's But okay. I only had extra large and medium, I that's think. That's fine. Oh, it's, oh um, the back is better. And, and just so, oh, I guess I won't ruin the surprise for everybody, but you, you, it's a very professional podcast for the, for the level, <gasps> for the phase of it that you're in. So um, I, I won't ruin anybody's surprise by telling them how you invite People onto the podcast. Oh, some, people, some people have ruined it, but it's not ruined. I, that's that's to be honest. That's my favorite part of. Yeah, I, I got a I got a, a an envelope with a with with a wax, and I think was this was this yeah. what's stamped on it, and that's what's like uh, pressed on to the wax. Oh, it's right there. It's right here. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I, for, I forgot. I forgot that it's right there. <gasps> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's my favorite part of the whole process. I love sending letters. It's great. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, Harris. This has thanks been amazing. Thanks for having me. Oh, people can find you. Oh yeah, funny bald guy. Uh, funny, just go on uh, uh, funnybaldguy.me, funnybaldguy.me, or uh, funnybaldguy on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, Instagram. Have a YouTube. Instagram is preferred. I um, I do have a YouTube, and I will be putting more on it. I don't have a lot on it, but it's also funny bald guy. It might be funny bald guy me. My real long story, but anyway, it's 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 either funny bald guy or funny bald guy me. Or dot okay. me. Okay. Something like that. This has been great. We've covered lots of amazing topics. Thank you so much for coming. Hopefully we'll see you again in the future. All right. Good luck with your upcoming endeavors and farewell for now. That you'll never know about. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Quest for Wisdom podcast with your host, Connor Monaghan. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to support the show, then please like it, subscribe, and leave a review on whichever platform you are using. This small act is a massive help and is hugely appreciated. You can find more information about all of our guests 
on thequestforwisdom.com and follow us at The Quest for Wisdom on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for exciting updates. We also have a Patreon account for anyone who would like to contribute towards the running of the show. Finally, I would like to thank the Comedy Clubhouse in Barcelona for allowing us to record here and for their ongoing support. If you are ever in Barcelona, make sure to check it out for daily shows of comedy and performance art in English. Farewell for now.